Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. It's good to have you back. Appreciate you being here. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's a great way to do so. Again, 877-867-1670. I'm going back, Grant, and i got to remember, um, I'm trying to think of really, really successful quarterbacks who got weird. And I, I... I, I can't remember, you know, Terry Bradshaw got into the acting side of things and tried to do a country album, which was terrible. Um, I, but beyond that, I, I can't think of people that were weird. You know what I mean? Was Marino prickly? I know he never won anything. Marino was an ass. Okay. He, okay. He's a, he was just an ass. He was an ass to be an ass. So there, um, there was he, nothing deeper going on. He was just a no, prick. no. He's just a, an okay. sob, you know. And I, I, I felt good the day that I actually said that, and I got a chance to tell him and his people that. So, and I was applauded by the people that were next to us from Sports Illustrated. As a matter of fact, Maggie Gray was one of them who was there when I went on, and she, they were all aghast, and because they, they had just got done interview, they didn't want to piss him off because they always, you know, keep it in the back of their pocket that maybe one day they wouldn't mind doing a story with him because she worked for Sports Illustrated at the time. But they're like, oh. And the minute he left, they all walked over and go, congratulations, because he's a jerk. And I said, I know. Joe Namath got weird, but he didn't get weird until after he retired. Joe Namath didn't get weird until after his playing days were over. And I'm talking now more like salary cap era dudes. Uh, Ryan Leaf was a head case, but he never won anything. But when you look at guys, Drew Brees, Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer, Tom Brady, you know, you start to go through the lists. Russell Wilson's a bizarre cat. We kind of threw him into that list. But when you start to look at the list of quarterbacks, Troy Aikman, you know, I remember Troy Aikman, there was a picture of him in his house sitting at the end of this long dinner table almost like a castle. And be, I, before he got married, it was, you know, the rumors were, well, he's gay, you know, and that, that was where people went because he was alone. And it was like, no, the guy's just alone. I mean, no. <laughs> and then he ended up getting married. But he was never a weird dude. He liked solitude. He liked studying. He liked kind of enveloping himself in football because of the team that they had. I'm trying to think of who else kind of all of a sudden started making headlines because they were crapping in a five-gallon bucket. You know, I mean, Favre was a hunter. He was a fisherman. He wasn't weird. But I'm just – I'm trying to think of quarterbacks that have won something that then put themselves on this unbelievably high pedestal. You know, I just I – can't, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Or at least not the successful ones. So, anyway – I don't know how we got down that rabbit hole, but we did, and so be it. Uh, 877-867-1670, If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, let's get back at it. Uh, we've got, let's see here. we got Mark the Mailman is on hold. Mark, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, how much, Bill? Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, okay, my, uh, before I ask this question, I just want to preface my question with, um, I'm not a huge fan of firing people. <laughs> With that okay. said, do you think do you think um, John Horst might be on the hot seat after this season if it if it's going the way you and I are watching it going? Um, you know, he's built this team, and I love the moves he's made, but 
you know, we're in our third coach in under a year, and it's looking like it's definitely not the coaches, a, a coaching problem. At some point, ownership's going to have to look at Horst and be like, you know, man, this this is your team. Um, let me what, let what me you, ask you this, I, and because I my my opinion is this, my opinion is nothing is done without Giannis is okay. That that's my opinion. Yeah. So as much as I want to look at Horst and go, boy, that Adrian Griffin move that was not good, or maybe it was something that because I I didn't understand the Adrian Griffin move. I just didn't. I it, it's still kind of mind boggling to me how they went in that direction. Okay, but. I I know Giannis signed off on it. I mean, Giannis was the guy that I guess he thought that this was the guy. So I I don't know if I'd blame John Horst because you had the players take ownership of that. But there is no doubt that he's put together a talented team and he's kept them viable and competitive and all that kind of stuff. But I can't imagine him being on the hot seat unless there is a relationship that is fragmented inside that organization with John Horst. And I would specifically say between Giannis or some of these star players and John Horst, mm-hmm. maybe they look negatively okay. in that way, but I can't imagine that because I, uh, he's done everything that Giannis basically has wanted him to do. Right. He brought in holiday. Oh, yeah. They made the move I, for holiday. They made the move for Damian Lillard. They stole him from Miami when he was clearly headed to Miami. He's done everything they wanted him to do. And I don't think Absolutely. I can fault him for that. No, I yeah, I I can't either. And I I was just uh, we were we were talking about it last night because we're, sure. we're watching the game unfold as you guys were, just in awe. You know, we're, we're getting our our butts kicked by a, a team that's what nineteen thirty or something. I mean, it, it's yeah. just it's crazy. And um, and you, what you said earlier too, you could see Brooke Lopez just like he looks defeated. Not only that, I mean, he's playing so much defense. After a while, he's just lumbering, just trying to get back to the, you know, other side of the court when uh, guys like Bobby Porter are just standing there. Damian Lillard, we knew he couldn't play defense when we picked him up, but, I mean, you can at least try. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, great show, Bill. I love hearing you guys, especially when I'm out here delivering the mail. It just, my day, my day just, it, it flies by. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. I, um... That's a that's a great question. Would John Horst be on the, the – I don't think so. I don't think so. The only thing that you can say now is you're in the corner. Where do you go? If you're this team, if you're this franchise, you can look for scapegoats, absolutely. You can try to run it back. And in, you're hoping that something ignites this team. I just don't know what it would be. I don't know if it's something outwardly they have to look at and get humiliated in some way to where they stand up and say, okay, enough. Um, I don't know if they are unbelievably fragile to where they need to be patted on the back. I, I really don't know. I know that I'm tired of the selfish look at me style of play, but on the other hand, they, a few years back, won a championship. So you still have that, that swagger and that cachet, and you've earned that. But, I, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to turn this thing around for them. I really don't. I'll defend John Horston that I can look at basically every move that he's made and been like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't blame you for that. Like, the, the Adrian Griffin hire was a swing. I, I think it was 
they hired him when the roster was a lot more stable. Then they op- had an opportunity to trade for Dame and that kind of. So it, it didn't work out. There's not really a single trade or a move that John Horst has made where I'm like, that was dumb. There's moves that haven't right. worked. But I can understand his thinking on just about everything he's done. Sure. I, and I can, too. I, I just I, I don't think anybody out there can argue that John Horst has not been a good general manager. Could you? No. I Six or seven months ago, I would have said there's no way they could trade for Dame. They don't have the pieces. And he right. found the pieces. Now, if the Dame trade doesn't work out, fine. But I don't think any honest NBA fans or Bucks fans would be able to turn around and say, well, I wouldn't have acquired Damian Lillard when it happened. I, yeah. just, I don't think that would be true. This team, um, and I'm just sitting here watching some of this right now, this team was second in offensive efficiency with Adrian Griffin and then Prunty. They are 23rd now since Doc took over. They are 3-7 and seven in his tenure. I don't know if he's cracking the whip and they're not and they're used to being coddled. I I their their defensive proficiency is terrible. Um I, I mean everybody it's not just us, everybody's questioning them now. Maybe this is what it takes. Is this team to be considered a true NBA contender and yet they're being humiliated right now on national TV. Maybe not just here in their own backyard. But they're being humiliated on national TV. I'm watching Tim Legler right now just rip them. Just talk about everything they're doing wrong. How bad are things right now for the Bucks? is the headline. So I, I, I don't know what it's going to take, but I, you, you don't have big moves left. I'll tell you that. You don't have, like, suddenly you're going to pick up somebody that's going to come in and raise the, raise the level of defensive probabilities for this team to suddenly start actually buying in. I, there's nothing else there. This is it. This is it. Let's go to Dave listening to us in Caledonia. Dave, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, big unit. Nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. So You too, pal. Hey, What's up, man? T- I was talking about the uh, quarterback thing. You guys forgot about Jim McMahon when he was the he won the yes. Super Bowl at the, the Bears. I mean, yep. he was acting kind of like rock stars after that. Yes, you are correct. He would be the guy. that uh, he, he certainly bought into the lifestyle. Yes, you are 100% correct. I, he might have been, at the time, king of the weird. Because yep. he was, yeah, uh, he wanted to do movies and commercials and everything, yeah. So, he, and he was more, if you want to call it more rebellious than anything. But yes, you are one hundred percent correct. I completely forgot about the antics of Jim McMahon. It's funny because we just saw Jim McMahon this past week, so it's funny yeah. I completely and forgot then about him. Came into the Packers too. Yeah, yep, I agree. It was funny because when the Packers won, uh, he came and he was here as a backup to Brett. And he helped Brett kind of meander through the postseason and told him what it was going to be like. He had become more humbled by that. He wasn't a starter. He was a backup. He was still kind of a rebel, but he was also now the older man looking for the voice of reason to come out of him. And I remember him telling me some stories about all of that, saying what he told Brett and how to react and what's going to happen and, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So really interesting stuff from Jing McMahon. But, yeah, I agree with you. He was a nut. All right, you you have a good weekend, man. All right, buddy, you too. Dave in Caledonia. See, in Caledonia, you're kind of creeping into that, that Bears territory. As you start, you can smell. You can, you can smell what Illinois is cooking, so to speak, because you're down there, there near, near Caledonia, Racine, Kenosha area. You're, you're right there. You can, you're just above the, the border, man. So he's, he's, he's got that touch. He's down there near that Bears territory. So I get it. 
877-867-1670. You got something? Bring it. We would love to hear from you this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there at Skipper Buds. Skipper Buds, a lot of great deals left over from the boat show. Get a hold of my buddy Todd out there in Pewaukee. Uh, boat sales, service, storage, they've got it all. 262-544-1200. 262-544-1200. Skipper Buds in Pewaukee, they have new boats, used boats. Best part about it is a lot of the new boats that were at the boat show, they still have boat show pricing. So get a hold of Todd and say, hey, I, 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 I'm looking at this. I've been thinking about this. The weather's getting warmer. I'm starting to get that fever a little bit. We know the cold's going to come back. We understand that. We live in Wisconsin, for God's sakes. It could snow in June. But you also know that come summertime, God, do we want to enjoy it. And what a better way to do it than on some of the inland lakes or maybe even the big lake, depending on what size of a boat you buy. And pontoons, runabouts, ski boats, fishing boats, you name it, they've got it. That's our friends at Skipper Buds in Pewaukee. 262-544-1200. More of the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This weekend, they've got music, Rally Point, going to be up and cranking. Steel Tank Brewing Company out in Oconomowoc, uh, Rally Point out back. The great big music hall that they just built, beautiful. They get a lot of great local bands there, and you got to check out Rally Point. Go in for the food in the front side of things for Steel Tank Brewing. Uh, but you can check out Rally Point on the back side, and man, is that place fantastic. And they did it right when you talk about the uh, music venue. Building that thing out there. And it's not, you know, for 2,000 people or 1,000 people. It's for 300, 350 people. But it is, Rally Point is just beautiful. Uh, They did a fantastic job. And uh, they've got a lot of great local bands that play there. So if you're looking for live music, that is the place to go. If you're looking for a brand new venue, that's the place to go. And if you're looking for something that's done right, that's the place to go. That is Rally Point right behind Steel Tank Brewing on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. Uh, this one's from uh, Elmer. Elmer says, uh, hey, Bill, that possession last night where Brooke Lopez was running into Dame and Dame was falling down and trying to put up a last shot, that is a microcosm of what's wrong with this team. Not knowing where to be, not caring where to be, not playing hard, not hustling. It's a microcosm of what Doc Rivers is now dealing with that Adrian Griffin put into place. I... I'm not going to say that Adrian Griffin was the the fall guy in all of this and that he did all this. I don't I don't think I'm going to do that. Um because if that were the case it would have changed. Doc Rivers was thrown into a tough situation because he's got a lot of guys that have had success that are considered really good players and a lot of guys on a team that followed them not the coach. And now you've got to figure out a way to deal with that mentality and to try to get the stars. There's a hierarchy. You're the head coach, but the stars run the team. So you've got to figure out a way to get the stars to respect you, to listen to you, to buy in. So the stars then begin to police downward. So if guys behind them aren't getting it done and aren't hustling, is that a product of practice? 
the way they just go about their business because the stars aren't going to do it, so I don't have to. I'll never forget when Michael Red first came to the Bucks. We're out of practice, and Michael Red, man, he came out of the he, – he was as good of a shooter as he was. He was a decent defender at the time. He, later on in life, he understood the NBA and said, oh, you don't play defense, just get better at shooting. But he came into the league, and I'll never forget, he was going against Ray Allen. And, I mean, he was giving Ray Allen all kinds of hell, and George Carl loved it. And Ray Allen got pissed and got in his face and was, you know, hey, Rook, we don't do that. What are you doing? You know, you're showing me up, making me look bad. And all he was doing was playing defense. And George Carl loved it because he said, you know, you – what what have you earned that gives you the right to say nobody has to play defense against you? Because that's not the way it is in the NBA. At least it wasn't. And it's kind of like, you know, and I'm not at practices and such, but it's kind of like, kind of like if you get the stars to buy in, the stars will then police themselves and it'll work down. So if somebody's not playing good defense against you, if you're playing tough defense against them, you don't want guys to acquiesce. What you want is hard scrimmages, hard practices, and concentrate to the to to details. Going through the motions doesn't do anybody any good. Um, John says Giannis and his playing of the general manager has hurt the locker room and chemistry, much like twelve did in Green Bay. I don't know that, that you know what that's a good question for for Jim Ozarski. And we'll ask Jim and just say you know is there an honest assessment is 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 Giannis taking that next step to be that leader to raise everybody up? Can Giannis and Dame work together to raise everybody up? Because it certainly looks like things are regressing and not getting any better. Now, again, now let me let me let me throw out the the uh, the the olive branch of hope. Okay, when they come back from this break, it's not a you know forty game season. It's it's a twenty something game sprint. How many games do they have left when they come out of this thing now, uh, Grant? Do you know off the top of your head? What was that, Bill? Sorry. How many how many games do they have left? It's 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 like twenty something, right? It's it's not a it's not a vast amount of games. Way fewer than you always expect. Yeah, we're gonna be like two weeks away from the playoffs before you know it. Yeah, the the All Star break's way closer to the end of the season than the beginning. Uh, twenty six games. While you were talking that quick, I went and counted them up. 26 games. Out of an 82-game season, that's what they have left, 26 games. That's a sprint. You've got Boston twice in those 26 games. You have got uh, an upstart Minnesota team, Philadelphia, Charlotte twice in a back-to-back on Tuesday and Thursday. Um, Got the Clippers. You got Golden State. You got the Lakers. You still got to go on that West Coast swing. That's a tough one because you got Golden State, the Lakers, the Clippers, Sacramento before you come back and you see Philadelphia and Phoenix. Then you go back on the road to Boston. Then you get three at home, Brooklyn, Oklahoma City, and uh, the Lakers. you still got the Lakers twice now. Um, you, it's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. You still have, uh, you know, Memphis. You still have New York. You still, you know, you got a, a couple at the end of the season against Orlando. But it's not an easy stretch. And they've got quite a few nationally televised games. When they come out of the break, they're on ESPN right away. Then the next game is on a Sunday on ABC. Two games later, back to ESPN. Uh, They got quite a few nationally televised games. And 
Uh, I was just sitting here listening during the break, and you know, people aren't giving up on them. People st- because they have talent. It's, it's it's like it's like they're listening to this show right now and kind of reiterating what it is we just said that you can't give up on them because of the talent they have. It's going to take something to put it all together. It's going to take something to kind of kind of be the linchpin to them saying, "Okay, we 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 got this." So we'll see. Um. Rick says, uh, I'm tired of watching Bucks basketball. I'm on to better things. I'd rather watch guys pickleball than watch this basketball team try to play defense. It's embarrassing. Oof. Pickleball? Really? Did they just have the, was it Martina Navratilova or something like that? Or some kind of a celebrity, uh, um, Andre Agassi and John McEnroe in a pickleball tournament or something? Did we just, was that just on or, you might remember, misremembering that. I can't remember, but I think they did. I think they just had some kind of a, a pickleball thing that uh, they had old stars that are now playing pickleball. <laughs> it's like, okay. You'd rather watch pickleball than the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if I'd go that far. If I want to watch pickleball, I can go down the street. They play down the street every day. And then on the weekends, it's – and the, the amazing thing about pickleball, and I have to admit this, pickleball – it doesn't have an age range. I was down the street, I don't know, was it a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. And it was, wasn't was cold, but it was colder. And they must have had a tournament or something going on down the street, down at the middle school. They have um, one, two, three, four, four or five pickleball courts down there. And, I mean, the parking lot was full. There were people waiting to play. It was packed. And I think they do tournaments. And there was kids. Young kids playing pickleball. And then there was elderly people playing pickleball. So it was, it's not just a, it's just not an old person who can't run the tennis courts anymore type of game. It's, it's attracted more, more, more people for sure. Uh, this is from uh, Q who says the Bucks had the best record in basketball last season and lost in the first round. Regular season of the NBA means nothing come May. True, but. This is what I'll say, Q. Last year, you saw it coming. If you watched them, and I mean really watched them, you saw it coming. Because it's one thing you watch everything up close and you're kind of picking apart plays and you're watching individuals play defense or offense and set picks. And, you know, night in and night out, there's going to be lazy moments. I, I, I understand that. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a grueling sport. It really is. So I give them credit for that. But what I saw was something that happened a lot and it was the overview and that was start off fast get your confidence play well you get a 15 point 17 point 23 point lead and then in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter you'd watch that lead go to two go to three go to one and then the whole fourth quarter with the starters was this battle this battle to be able to down the stretch win a ball game. And Giannis and Drew and Chris Middleton wasn't really playing a whole lot at that point. Bobby Portis said it more than anybody, but these are the wins that galvanize a team. These are the wins where they learn how to win. And I kept saying, No, these are the ones in which you got lazy and you barely won. Because you can't do it in the postseason against constantly good teams. Because you'll beat a lot of bad teams that way. Just turn it on when you need to, and you'll beat the bad teams. 
But they expelled so much energy coming back. They expelled so much energy just trying to beat bad teams instead of just putting them, putting them away, resting your stars, and then allowing the backups to win it and cruise. They, they did it the same way all the time. And I kept saying, they're not, they're not going to win. As much as I want them to, and I can sit here and talk myself into believing it because you've got Dame with big shots and Giannis guard in the middle and being able to do the Euro step and bringing everybody in and kicking the ball back out. Now they've got an outside-inside game. And when Chris Middleton kind of gets on his game again and blah, 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 and, it, and it's, all, it's all wind, man. It just is. It's all wind. Because the one thing that you and I and everybody else can't calculate, even though we're looking at the, the offensive proficiency right now, it's gone from second to 23rd in the league since Doc Rivers took over. Their ability to play defense is basically nil. They look disinterested. I mean, you can go on and on. You can't go over statistically what it is a team wants to do or feels and the energy they expel. You know? And it's... That's the one thing where you can say wash, rinse, repeat. They're not going to win. They're not going to win in the postseason. Not playing like this. If they come out over the next 26 games and they dominate 18 of them and they play really, really well and they get into a groove, I'll become a believer. 17, 18, you know, 20, whatever, you know, somewhere in that group. But if they come out and play really, really well in five of them, really poorly in five of them, and then the other 16 are nail biters. Um, no, they're not going to win games. They're not. They're not. They're not even in, uh, of the championship caliber capability at that point. Won't happen. Uh, Nick says, used to love watching the Bucks. Now it's so frustrating, hard to watch. It's like eating dryer lint and waiting for it to taste better. <laughs> Uh, Zach says Giannis has threatened to leave if the Bucks didn't make a move or uh, they traded Holiday. They bring in Lillard. Giannis wanted Griffin over Nick Nurse. Why, I have no idea. Giannis has to get a lot of the blame as well. I, that's what I was saying. I agree with you. I agree with you. And let's be honest, Giannis is not the best. Giannis had the moniker of being the best player in the NBA, the best player in the planet. He's not that anymore. Others have ascended above him. He's, his game is the same. Here's the next question. Have we seen the ceiling now reached by Giannis? Because for a while it was, and he's young, he's only going to get better. He's getting bigger, he's getting stronger, he's only going to get better. Have we now seen the ceiling from Giannis? All of his game has now been exposed, and this is what it is. Have we seen that now too? That's another question. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, our friends at Boondocks Bur uh, uh, Barbecue uh, Burgers and Brews out there on the County Road Cane, Oconomowoc, they had the love special going on the other night for those of you. Now they have all kinds of other weekend specials, weekly menus that they put out each and every week. They've got the market that is open in the back. Uh, and it's just a, a really atmospherically, it's a comfortable place to go. It just is. It's a really fun place to go. Tom and his staff have just really put something together out there via the expansion and such. It's just, it's a really comfortable environment to go and hang out in. Whether it's for just a couple of drinks, some really good food, some barbecue, whatever it happens to be, really great place. It's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K in Oconomowoc. Go to boondocksbbqs.com. That's boondocksbbqs.com. 
Bill.com. More than Bill Michael. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Coming up, uh, top of the hour, we're going to talk with Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Going to talk some Brewers baseball with him. Bottom of the next hour, our buddy Jeremy from uh, Flat Out Friday and Mama Tried the Motorcycle Show for the Garage Build-Off. Uh, it's all coming to town next weekend. It's going to be in Milwaukee at the Fiserv Forum and over at uh, the uh, Rave Eagles Club. And what we are going to do... I love this thing, and I've been going to it for years, and I, I'm a huge supporter. And so they said, hey, uh, let's put together a package and something to where we can give some stuff away. So we're going to put together a VIP package, uh, a two-night VIP package, whether you're coming into town from somewhere else or whether you're right here in the, the area of Milwaukee. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a VIP package. We'll take you into the pits down underneath. Uh, behind the uh, goings-on of the Fiserv Forum as the motorcyclists get ready to race. And then we're going to put you in the infield, which is kind of a cool perspective. You can stand behind, you know, all the people in the infield and kind of see how things work. You can have free reign, kind of walking around the VIP experience of the Fiserv Forum. And then they have a VIP package that is going to also be included for the Mama Tried Motorcycle Show. And that is going to be on Saturday night at the Rave Eagles Club. And that includes uh, a bunch of different stuff that we'll we'll talk about coming up. But uh, there's drinks and snacks. It's all part of the VIP party lounge. It's the full Mama Tried experience. And there's limited tickets uh, that are on sale for that as well. So if you don't win them here, you know, which uh, mid-next week we're going to give this thing away. But we're going to tell you how to get registered for this. And it's real simple. It's going to be all basically social media. And uh, between uh, Twitter, uh, X, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, uh, TikTok. The, we're going to take all the hashtags of the Bill Michael Show. Uh, it'll be Bill Michael Show. Uh, one hashtag, uh, Mama Tried, will be the next hashtag. We'll put all that stuff together. We're going to take all the people that register, and then one lucky person's going to get uh, in. You know, going to win. We're going to take all that. We've got a. I don't know what they do basically, but it takes all the analytics and puts it together, and it picks a name, and out out it pops. So then we'll pick a name, and then uh, one of you are going to get a chance to hang out uh, on a on a Saturday night with Kristen and I, and then you're going to be with Jeremy and them for the Mama Tried VIP experience at the Eagles Club Ballroom, which is really cool in uh, West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of uh, the Marquette campus. So going to be a lot of fun, and we'll talk more about that coming up and what it's all about because some people don't understand what the Flat Out Friday thing is or what the Mama Tried thing is and why it is what it is, why it's named that particular way, so... We'll give you the entire history coming up here uh, in about 45 minutes, so don't go anywhere. should be a lot of fun. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us uh, a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, uh, let's see here. Who else do we have? This is uh, – <laughs> Paul says, and maybe it's time to put Goody in charge of the Bucks. I, you know, it went for, it, it, it's funny because it went from Goody being uh, – uh, questionable general manager, and now it's, you know, kind of in Goody we pl- trust, it, which is true, yeah, which is true. 
I get that because what he put together and the way it all developed down the stretch, heck yeah. Um, Rocket Knight says, hey, it seems like Giannis has people in his ears setting himself up for failure. I think that's the reason he didn't choose Nick Nurse to be the next head coach. I, I don't know how that went down. I really don't. I don't know how that went down. Um, could it be as could it be as simple as Giannis is just a competitive son of a gun and didn't want to be now coached by a coach that bounced him out of the playoffs a couple of years ago? Could it be as simple as that? That's true. That figured him out. Yeah. Yep. I one hundred percent. That I agree with. Yeah. I mean, uh, Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors very quickly changed philosophy they're the ones that originally quote built the wall and gave Giannis all kinds of fits in the postseason and that philosophy against Giannis has worked in a lot of different areas I remember the Miami Heat kind of did the same thing as best they could and they just uh, the, the Miami Heat though did, they just out hustled the Milwaukee Bucks last year they just they just beat them that way but uh you know I Michael says Giannis got offered a lot of money from the Lakers. He took less to stay in Milwaukee. Um, I don't think that's true. The Bucks, because of retaining rights, have the ability to offer him more money than anybody. Am I wrong in my assumption there? Because that's the way the NBA set it up, that if you want to leave, you can leave, but you get less money to leave because they wanted drafted players to keep the teams that they were with, that they – stayed there that they were legacy players that's the way the nba set it up because if you can sign a supermax with milwaukee you would then take less money to go somewhere else because i don't think he ever made it to total free agency did he it was it was he had the ability to sign the supermax and he did am i wrong in my thought there grant yeah he could make the most money with the bucks yep that's what i thought yeah that's what i thought I don't think he ever fully made it to free agency to where he was on the open market. I think it was um, the the Bucks had the ability to sign him to the Supermax, and in those windows of opportunity, they did. So I don't think he ever made it. He could have gone. He could have forced his way to free agency, but I don't think he ever did. Um, but I, 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 I could be wrong. I, you know, I'm, I'm not as astute at the salary cap and the situations in the uh, in the NBA as I am in other areas, but. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what it was. Let's do this. We'll step out. Quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show now. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Hey, if you are uh, out in the lacrosse area and you're looking for a fish fry tonight, hello. Fish fry Fridays are here. You can shop into Buzzard Billy's. They have a delicious battered fried cod dinner. It's available right now through Lent, uh, throughout the Fridays. Two or three-piece dinner. Hush puppies, and their hush puppies are awesome. I, I don't know. Uh, their hush puppies are like the size of my meatballs. They're huge. Um, coleslaw, French fries, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it's awesome. They have those seasoned fries. Really, really good stuff. That's the uh, the hush puppies and such out there at Buzzard Billy's. Buzzard Billy's right on Pearl Street 
in downtown La Crosse, Wisconsin. Upstairs, maybe the other night, you uh, took that special someone out for an evening and you had a drink at the Starlight Lounge. And if you didn't, shame on you. Go to Buzzer Billy's for dinner, get the fish fry, then go upstairs, Starlight Lounge. Nice, relaxing, maybe even romantic evening. Who knows? In that 1950-style cocktail lounge. Both places, awesome. And they're in one building right there on Pearl Street, La Crosse, Wisconsin, in that 1860s brick hotel, beautiful old building. Love that place. But Buzzer Billy's downstairs, Starlight Lounge upstairs. Stop in and check it out. Tell them we said hello. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's go to Teddy listening to us in Brookfield. Teddy, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Bill, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of pain, Bill. Why is that? I don't really understand the accolades that are being thrown about uh, Jordan Love. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, you know the thing of it is, uh, as good as he looked in the Dallas. Oh, uh-oh. Something happened. I think we lost he Teddy. Must have hit a button or something. He said he didn't understand the accolades that are being thrown towards Jordan Love. Okay, let me, let me go back on this. Because I, for those that listen to the program, know that I was heavily skeptical. Might be the best way to put it. Um, he was considered one of the best, if not the best, quarterbacks in the NFL in the last seven games of the season. Six, seven games of the season. He got steadily better. Now, is he the best? No. But what you saw out of him and what he did in the game against the Cowboys for his first playoff game, his first playoff appearance, yeah. You can say he deserves a lot of the accolades. But there, there's he hasn't won anything yet. I admit that. So if you if you take it as accolades for somebody who hasn't won anything, then you're probably, you know, you're right. You're right. But he's won a playoff game. He's won as many playoff games in his career as Kirk Cousin has. He's won a couple less than Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott's getting upwards of, what, $59 million is what he's supposed to be paid this year? So... You look at some of the some of the the big time names that haven't been able to win in the postseason. He's already won a game. Now I know it takes a whole team. I understand that, but just kind of giving you that. You know what I mean? But I think where he's getting accolades is the way he finished and the optimism for next year. That's fair. That's fair. But remember, two years in a row now, Justin Fields finished strong and made believers out of a lot of Chicago Bears fans. And then last year, I remember sitting at Soldier Field for the opener, and everybody around it said, yeah, he didn't have a good camp. He, you know, he's not a really bright quarterback or anything like that. All of the things that were negative, and it all showed for a long period of time until they changed things up for him. But I can understand why Jordan Love is getting a lot of publicity right now. Here's probably a an important factor in the way that you view Jordan Love after this season. If you think that the season holistically, lots of ups and downs, lots of bad games, lots of good games, if you think that's who Jordan Love is, inconsistent, then yeah, you probably think he's getting overhyped. But if you believe, and I mostly believe this, that that early stretch of the season was growing pains, super young wide receivers figuring it out, if you think that early part of the season was an outlier, and once they figured it out moving forward, that's Jordan Love now, well, then your opinion's going to be a lot higher. It's it's just kind of how you 
break down and view the right. good games and the bad games of this last season. That's probably that, the deciding that, factor. Yeah, no, that's that's I think a lot of people look at it that way. Like the beginning of the season started off on fire, beat the Bears, opened a lot of eyes. Then eh, played okay. Uh, but it was as much coaching as it was some of the youth and the mistakes that Jordan Love made in the game against Atlanta. Brought him back, showed a lot of moxie against the Saints, but you can't. You, you people wanted to ignore the first first three quarters, and then after that, everything went down. It was just this ebb and flow, and it looked bad and everything. And then you were losing the teams that you had no business losing to, and they did. And that's when everybody said, "Okay, I'm I'm out." That's my opinion. And then very slowly, they started making believers out of a lot of people, including myself, and rightfully so. They played well. That offense ran like a well-oiled machine, and. And I still go back to um, that highlight reel that's over on YouTube that we watched when we were sitting in the house out in Vegas. We just had nothing to do, and we couldn't get any regular television, so we were just kind of flipping through YouTube, and we came across that. And and Mike Clemens and I and and Grant sat there, and we were BSing and talking, and we were watching that. And the one thing that had dawned on me, I I watched it, I'm like, you know, I started counting. One, two, before I got to three, he was getting rid of the football in all these different highlights. And then you realized he was just thrown to the open man. His head would go one way, it would go the other, and then he would throw to the open man. He was doing little things. We saw him kind of hopping at the top of his step. We saw him kind of throwing off of his his back foot. We saw him, like, jumping into the air and throwing the football, doing things that technically you shouldn't be doing as a quarterback. But it was all within the confines of the offense. And you thought it wasn't just the fact that that Jordan Love was, was – his completion percentage was going up. It was that he was reading defenses, he was going to the open man, and he was running the offense and getting rid of the football quickly. All the things that we wanted to see Rodgers do for the last couple of years. So if he does that and then expounds upon it in 2024, you can only assume he's going to get better. But he hasn't proven it yet. Seven games does not a career make. So I agree with you that you don't understand why he's getting all the accolades. Well, because he impressed down the stretch when things look so bad. And it's not just us here in Wisconsin. I mean, nationally, he was getting a lot of press. You, you heard what Brian Billick said about him. You heard what Eric Eager said about him. You heard what Ross Tucker said about him. You know, you heard what, and you heard what other former players said about him. Neil Smith, what he had to say about him. You know, you, you heard other people go, yeah, this guy was impressive down the stretch. Now you got to see, and everybody prefaced it by saying, now you got to see what he does next season because – there's an expectation there now. So let's see how he handles it. But I'm not also going to take away from him because he played really well, but he hasn't proven it yet, so I don't know. I'm not going to do that either. So we'll see. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Bottom of the next hour, we're going to talk a little motorcycle racing indoors. Mike Clemens, final hour of the program as well. We're going to recap Las Vegas with Mike. Got a lot going on. Stay tuned. More Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this.